Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern. Today's poem is actually a selection of lines, maybe 75 lines, from Emily Wilson's translation of The Odyssey, which came out a year or two ago. Emily Wilson is a British classicist and professor of classics at the University of Pennsylvania. And she was the first woman to publish a translation of Homer's Odyssey into English. Uh, A few years back when the book came out, I did interview her over on our podcast, Forma. So if you want to check that out, uh, please do. But the lines that I want to read today are some of my favorite, um, and I really like what Emily Wilson did with them. They are from book one. And it's, of course, during the Telemachy, kicking off the Telemachy, that section of the Odyssey where Telemachus is discovering, um, I think he's discovering what it means to be Odysseus's son. He's on a little bit of an identity quest of his own. And uh, until that sort of works itself out, then Homer doesn't even turn to Odysseus yet. And he does that in book five. But here in book one, the goddess Athena comes to Telemachus uh, in disguise. And Telemachus tells him, well, the disguised Athena, about the suitors who are overrunning his house and doing the things that they're doing and destroying Odysseus's, uh, Odysseus's kingdom to some degree. And they have a conversation. And this is how Athena responds. And I'm only going to read this once, but I do have some thoughts on it. But it's about 75 lines or so. And it goes like this. Athena said in outrage, This is monstrous. You need Odysseus to come back home and lay his hands on all those shameless suitors. If only he would come here now and stand right at the gates with two spears in his hands, in shield and helmet, as when I first saw him. Odysseus was visiting our house, drinking and having fun on his way back from sailing in swift ships to Ephyra to visit Ilus. He had gone there looking for a deadly poison to anoint his arrows. Ilus refused because he feared the gods. My father gave Odysseus the poison, loving him blindly. May Odysseus come meet the suitors with that urge to kill. A bitter courtship and short life for them. But whether he comes home to take revenge or not is with the gods. You must consider how best to drive these suitors from your house. Come, listen carefully to what I say. Tomorrow, call the Achaean chiefs to meeting. And tell the suitors, let the gods be witness. All of you, go away, to your own homes. As for your mother, if she wants to marry, let her return to her great father's home. They will make a wedding and prepare abundant gifts to show her father's love. Now here is some advice from me for you. Fit out a ship with twenty oars, the best, and go find out about your long-lost father. Someone may tell you news, or you may hear a voice from Zeus, best source of information. First, go to Pylos. Question godlike Nestor. From there to Sparta, visit Menelaus. He came home last of all the Achaean heroes. If you should hear that he is still alive and coming home, put up with this abuse for one more year. But if you hear that he is dead, go home and build a tomb for him and hold a lavish funeral to show the honor he deserves and give your mother in marriage to a man. When this is done, consider how deeply you might be able to kill the suitors in your halls, by tricks or openly. You must not stick to childhood. You are no longer just a little boy. You surely heard how everybody praised Orestes when he killed the man who killed his famous father, Devious Aegisthus. Dear boy, I see how big and tall you are. Be brave and win yourself a lasting name. But I must go now, on my nimble ship. My friends are getting tired of waiting for me. Remember what I said and heed my words. 
Telemachus was brooding on her words and said, Dear guest, you were so kind to give me this fatherly advice. I will remember. I know that you are eager to be off, but please enjoy a bath before you go and take a gift with you. I want to give you a precious, pretty treasure as a keepsake to mark our special friendship. But the goddess, Athena, met his gaze and said, Do not hold me back now. I must be on my way. As for the gift you feel inspired to give me, save it for when I come on my way home and let me give you presents then, as well in fair exchange. With that, the owl-eyed goddess flew away like a bird, up through the smoke. She left him feeling braver, more determined, and with his father even more in mind. Watching her go, he was amazed and saw she was a god. Then, godlike, he went off to meet the suitors. So quickly before I let you go for the weekend, I want to say a couple of words about these lines because I think they're kind of at the core of the Telemachy, these first four books of the Odyssey. I mentioned earlier that I think, um, well, I didn't, I didn't come up with this myself. Eva Brand in her book, Homeric Moments, writes that she thinks that the Telemachy is about Telemachus learning what it means to be Odysseus' son, learning that he is Odysseus' son. And until he goes to Nestor and Menelaus, as Athena tells him to do, he doesn't know what that means. And thus, because he doesn't know what that means, he doesn't know who he is. He, doesn't, he isn't capable of taking action because he doesn't know who he is. But once he discovers who his father is and what it means to have been that man's son, he can return home with more confidence and more courage to take action. For years, he and Penelope have been uh, sitting in their home, not even the agents of their own future or of their own present even, uh, waiting, mourning, in hope that Odysseus might one day show up and get rid of the chaos that's in their home. But before Odysseus can show up, Telemachus needs to take action. Emily Wilson writes in her introduction to her translation that Telemachus would have been 20 or 21, and it's clear that he is a handsome, strong young man. But he's immature in some ways. He cries when he's challenged uh, by the suitors. He throws fits. Um, He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what action to take. And Athena comes to him here, and she gives him fatherly advice. And you can tell his longing to have that figure in his life. He says, thank you for this fatherly advice. She says, you must not stick to childhood. You're no longer a boy. Be brave. And when she leaves, it says, she left him feeling braver, more determined, and with his father even more in mind. So he's reminded of his father, of who that man was. Then he goes on a journey to learn more about him. And at the end of that, at the end of that, at that journey, he's ready to take action. And in the end of the, the Odyssey, he's ready to stand next to his father. And I'm so intrigued by this. I find this so moving. Because I wonder, as parents, as teachers, whoever we are, we're laying... What are we being remembered for? What does it mean, I guess the question is, for our children to be our children? Does the fact that they are our children empower us to be brave? Or does it discourage them from being brave? I think that's just a a really incredible question. What does it mean that our children are our children? And that, I think, is one of the central questions at the heart of the Odyssey. And uh, I really enjoy the way Emily Wilson's translation gets at that. This is, yes, it's a story about homecoming, but it's also a story about leaving home. And it's a story about a boy who has no father, who has not been tied to that part of his heritage, who has not understood what that means. And discovering that is a crucial part of, of um, the story of the Odyssey. And without that, the Odyssey doesn't end the way that it does, I don't believe. 
So uh, thank you to Emily Wilson for her translation of the Odyssey. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back on Monday with another one for you. <laughs>